Not to be confused with Timothy Chalamet, a.k.a. Sam's favorite actor. He's the actor of her generation. She loves him so much. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. This is not, this is an anti-Timothy Chalamet uh, account. What's an anti-Stan? It's an anti-Stan account. Whatever that word is. An anti-Stan account. I have no feelings about Timothy Chalamet. You're lucky, so Shelby. Will... You're lucky. You're probably going to live longer than Sam I will has because he's so me many out. feelings. She has so many feelings about that boy. <laughs> okay, give us some dirt on Timothy Chalamet. I mean, first of all, wait, Shelby, Shelby. Okay, I don't know what you know about this man. I'm sorry, this boy. But yeah, I know that he's very young. His name is Timothy Chalamet. There's like accents in there. He has like two T's at the end of his first name. His his last name ends with an M E T, which is like muy French. Is Shelby, he French? right? He's American. He was born in New York. Oh, he's not even French. She's a New Yorker. I, I blew Sam's mind oh, okay. this weekend. <laughs> Literally, I was like. He's from the Bronx, baby. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know where he's from. I was like, we were talking about Timothy Chalamet, and she was like, blah, 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 French. And I was like, you know he's American, right? And she was like, no, he is not. I had to, like, he's look American. it up to prove it to her. And so then the entire weekend, in the most random, like, if there was ever a silent moment where we were, like, looking at stars or just, like, chilling in the yard, Sam would just go, I can't believe Timothy Chalamet is American. <laughs> I I mean that you've definitely blown my mind too because his name has two E's at the end of Timothy. Yep. Also, his chin is very French. He has a very like French like <laughs> like face, and none of him is like he's not even French. It doesn't make any sense. I feel like he's he's like co-opting no, he French is people. French. His dad right. is French, and he has French citizenship. But he was he was created in america he is the product he was a, a product born and bred he's basically bruce springsteen but his name is timothy chalamet it doesn't make any sense i'm having the most intense deja vu right now have the three of us had this conversation before including me asking if the three of us have had this conversation before whoa no are we in the matrix what's oh happening oh my gosh uh, we're gonna all start uh, glitching i think we need to take a we're gonna we need to take the red pill or the Blue I don't pill. I've never seen the remember. matrix I don't know how to answer that question I'm Shelby I'm Sam it's and this is the wrong complex one two one two three four
and the prettiest girl in the land. Just seriously, Stop. so freaking beautiful. <laughs> Don't stop. She oh doesn't god. even know it. I'm gonna blush. <laughs> Sam Perving, man. Oh my god, Shelby, you got it right. You got it right, Shelby. I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I know your name. <laughs> Thank you, Shelby. Also, I just want to point out that I actually am French. Um, <laughs> Unlike Timothy Chalamet, so unlike you. that's unlike. why she has such a Timothy strong Chalamet. opinion about him and his name is because she is in fact French. She's French like not my people. Sure. It just it changes the whole perspective <laughs> of him because you're like, oh, it's just some like young foreign boy. Does it change the perspective? Like, Wait, because he he's always just seems like a way too skinny little like same like all his roles have been the same basically and. He's a big fat pony is what he is. But now it seems like he's probably like a prep school, rich family, you know, a lot of his talent comes from the fact that he, you know, got to go to school for all that stuff. I bet the Chalamet name really carries a lot of weight in New York. You know what I mean? Right, right. Open doors for you. I don't know if any of this is true. We can just make it up. um, But also, yeah, that's fine. It's he's not struggling. Like I don't <laughs> this think isn't gonna hurt to his career. <laughs> pull our punches with Timothy Chalamet. He's still yeah. getting cast <laughs> alongside Saoirse Ronan and literally everything Saoirse Ronan does. He's always her romantic lead. So I mean, it's fine. <laughs> We've solid. got it. It's he's good. He's he's not hurting. It's funny that we bring up Timothy Chalamet because we're not going to talk oh, about thank him God. at all. Are we but, not? Um, Wait, this is, this is a Timothy Chalamet podcast. <laughs> are you not? <laughs> uh, did I show up for the wrong podcast? Yeah, the, not, the other meeting. You were supposed to go to the other one. Oh, no. I got into the wrong Google she Hangout. She does this all the time, guys. Literally. I hate when that happens. popping into people's Google Hangs, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> she doesn't Wait, even go here. I would love that. <laughs> I would love if someone as cool as me showed up randomly in, like, my work Zoom meeting or something. <laughs> Wow. You guys remember what was, was it called Omegle, like that video roulette, like, yeah, cat, like roulette. cat roulette. Yeah, yeah. Shelby misses the glory days of Omegle, I... so she just does this. To so to I do that. Hangs. I just zoom zoom, zoom. bomb. <laughs> <Google> hang, bomb. <laughs> yep. I only ever used the chat version of Omegle, and I've used it more recently than you would. Uh, Ooh. Guess. <laughs> Ooh. That's just because I yeah. I want to talk to a random. Ah, yes. In the middle of the night. Understood. <laughs> understood. My life is just talking to randos, so I feel yeah. you. That's what I use yeah. dating apps for. Well, <laughs> you use dating apps to talk yeah, to randos. Yeah, and then I and then I just delete delete it after. <laughs> I'm like, ah, okay, I'm done. I'm done with so this. You, so you can never look back yeah. on it. You're like, I don't want the evidence. Yep, anymore. that's the strategy, folks. That's what I'm leaning into. Well, we're actually going to talk about a movie today. Yeah. Is that is that right? I was like waiting for something. Oh, to I, I thought you were making it as a statement. I didn't realize it was like a yeah. question. I thought you were it's like, well, we're going to talk about a movie today. And my head was like, yeah, we are. Let's get to it. And then you were just like dead air. <laughs> I have tone problems. <laughs> um, we are going to talk about the a classic from the year 2000. Everything from 2000 is a classic. Uh, uh-huh. Love and basketball. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Oh, wait. Is that the movie we're talking oh. about? Shit. Oh, hold on. I gotta... Yes. I gotta take better notes. Uh, What is the movie called? 
<laughs> she's she's like all I wrote down is Timothy Chalamet's filmography. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Timothy, Sh- Timothy Chalamet is not in. I thought you were gonna call him. I don't think Timothy Chalamet. Alive. I don't think he was, was even he born when Love and Basketball came out. Well, he probably wasn't alive then. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess yeah. no. He was still. Do you think he's ever seen? Love probably and not. No, not. <laughs> Do you even think close. he should see yes. it? I think he should. Yeah, I think yeah. it would open up his his chin a little bit in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> His chin and his mind, the two most important parts yeah. of <laughs> the most important qualities of a man, for sure. Oh, no. I love this movie. I like this. I love, I said love the first time. I'm sticking to it. I love this movie. I remember watching this movie when I was a kid and I remember watching it all the time. It's actually my sister's, one of her favorite movies, like of all time is this movie. Um, so I was really happy watching it last night. I like all of it, all the lines that I remembered. I was like, Ooh, I remember this part. I remember this part. Um, it's just a good, it's just a good movie guys. And by guys, I mean listeners cause you yeah. guys watched it and you already know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it for the first time, um, for this podcast. The first time. And, wow. Yeah. I had never seen it, but I'd always heard really good things about it. Um, I I think Film Crit Hulk, one of, you know, a reviewer Mm -hmm. I like, um, talked about, has talked about it, about either about it being like his favorite sports movie or something like that. (laughs) And I'm, and I'm just like, I watched it, you know, going in expecting something good and it delivered. That's a good movie. I would watch it again. Love and Basketball is a good movie. And I don't know if you guys can hear this. It's the sound of paper shuffling, a.k.a. the sound of me being prepared. with <laughs> Oh, notes. yeah. Yes. Because I first watched Love and Basketball when I was a tiny, tiny child. And when I watched it back then, I did not like it. And I think it's because Love and Basketball is so hype, especially in the Black community. Like, I feel like Love and Basketball like is to black people like what John F. Kennedy is to white people. It's just like this <laughs> this like historic like figure, like a pinnacle of what is right in the world. <laughs> and so you just go in just like with these big expectations and like with like putting love in basketball, like basically like on the Mount Rushmore of like the black like <laughs> like experience. I love how this movie and... just keeps getting compared to American presidents. <laughs> American presidents and basketball. Yes. And I think back then I was definitely a lot more just cynical about like love and rom-coms or whatever, but now I'm old and I'm more, I'm more level-headed. I'm more um, open-minded and I watched it for the first time since I was like 10 years old, probably. And I actually really, really liked it. I thought it was really well written the characters were all interesting I loved how they all had some depth to them like not only the main characters but also like the characters parents and like Mm -hmm. even the secondary characters I felt were you know pretty well rounded on their own and actually added a lot to the story they weren't just like hanging around they you know actually influenced the main characters in a significant Mm -hmm. way so I thought it was just really well made all around yes yeah it's definitely a well-made film and I, I really appreciated how realistic it was not just in the love story but also in the relationships that each of their parents have and in the kind of 
like trajectory of their sports careers, their basketball yeah. careers. It wasn't just like, oh, everything's great and you're, you know, ride your way to the top, especially with Monica, um, the the real lead, because the other, the guy, Quinn or Quincy, uh, played by Omar Epps, he uh, just, like, his dad was a, you know, NBA player, and uh, Monica, the the female main character, says to him at one point, like, I didn't have a red, like, I don't have a red carpet laid out for me, and it, everything seems so easy for him throughout the whole movie, and she, and it shows her working hard, like, at everything she has to do and I'm like yeah that's realistic it's like women have to work so much harder right you have to work twice as hard just to be half as good um but Shelby (laughs) I want to correct you because the main character of this movie is not Monica it is actually Sanaa Lathan's arms because (laughs) her arms in this movie like she inspired Michelle Obama, I am sure, because her arms in this movie like deserve their own like. They deserve their own Academy Award, frankly. Like they, they really do. Her arms are amazing. I a hundred percent agree because I a hundred percent wrote that in my. I literally re- I literally wrote Sanaa Lathan's arms though with a lot of. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I also Omar Epps's abs, I think, get a close him, supporting oh, yeah. actor role, but her arms really were the spotlight for sure. I am curious though, Sam, because we talked about the, the the reason that Shelby and I asked you on this show was because Shelby suggested us to do this movie, and you, Lexi, and I had just had this very long conversation about like, um like black movies and black films that you remember watching and TV shows and stuff that you remember watching growing up. And I remember you had your, your reaction was love and basketball is a fine movie. It's not a great movie. <laughs> That's exactly what I, I know. said. I I'm you. Um, but I am curious though, because like, obviously you liked it this time around, which I'm so happy for because now we can be friends. Cause we couldn't be friends. Um, but I'm curious, like, I know that you didn't like it before because, like, oh, it's so hype, it's so whatever. But was there any particular element about this movie that you just, like, did you just, like, not like the characters? Do you think the story was boring? Like, what do you think it was that you were like, this movie can kick rocks, I don't want it? Right. I definitely didn't appreciate it at the time, especially seeing how, just, like, how fundamental it is in Black culture. And I'll tell you mm. why. So there are so many pivotal Black actors and actresses in this movie. I'll just name a few of them, mm-hmm. such as Alfre Woodard, Kyla Pratt, Regina Hall, Gabrielle Union, um, the voice of the State Farm guys in this movie, <laughs> Tyra, Tyra Banks yep. is in this movie, um, Boris Kojo, the hottest man oh. in the world. Boris, you've been, you've been married for a long time. I'm really sad about that. But if you're ever single, my handle is salt and sprinkles. <laughs> Um, just like, and I think, I, I think I appreciate it now because I understand why it's so important in our culture. Also because, I mean, this is like pre Tyler Perry, you know, kind of sort of, but there aren't a whole lot of black romantic comedies that are actually good. And a lot of them lean really heavy into, you know, just being black, like the black experience, which I think is important, but I actually really liked how this movie just showed these two characters and their families as like American, you know, American, like regular people who have a story too. And I feel like their race 
you know, it did play into like their culture, but it wasn't like the forefront, like theme of the entire movie. Yeah. So I think just being able, like, I imagine like if I was, you know, 28 years old in the year 2000, like watching this on the big screen, I would be like, wow, it's so cool to see like just black people, you know, grow up together, fall in love, you know, go through struggles with, with their parents and their careers and just have that be like a normal thing. And also have like the State Farm guy be your dad is just like super cool. So <laughs> have, have I can just only Farm imagine. Guy be your dad and then also a guy who cheated on your mom. <laughs> like he was not Dude, a he good was, person oh, man. He's just not. He was not. He was not a good out. person. And, and I also like this movie and how, because in the beginning of the movie, you know, you kind of get a lot of like Monica's perspective and like her, you know, internal monologue and, and all of that, her point of view, but you didn't really get a whole lot from Quincy, I felt, more until like mm-hmm. like the latter like half of the mm-hmm. movie. And like the scene when they're in college and he essentially like breaks up with her because he's like going through stuff and his reason I think was kind of stupid, oh, but you know, what 18 year old boy isn't yeah. stupid. Um, but you kind of understand like why why he did it and and like how he's seen his father as like this pivotal figure in his life and seeing that his father is like not an infallible, you know, John F. Kennedy, <laughs> it really affected him. It just like really affected him in a way that I think is very realistic. You know, it's like he realized that his parents aren't perfect and that their marriage isn't mm-hmm. perfect. And he realized that at 18 and his mom realized that at whatever age she is, because she was sitting there at the edge of their pool drinking wine, you know, when she found out that her husband cheated on her and was like, I thought I was the luckiest woman in the world to be married to him. And then she realized that it actually was all just a lie, mm-hmm. essentially, because he's a cheater. I will say, uh, well, this this is striking to me that she would have been 37. Dude, okay. That character. Because, yes. Because they say at some point that she got pregnant when she was 19. Yeah. Right. Right. So. And <laughs> another thing that was just so wild to me, I don't know if this was just like, early 2000s just like aging but they're all like kind of young in this movie and like I think the end of the movie like when they finally get together spoiler alert it's been out for 20 years <laughs> like they're only like in their mid-20s when that happens yeah. they look they look so oh, yeah. old they look super old <laughs> like well yeah Omar Epps was 27 filming yeah. it which like he was 27 playing like a high school student. It's like, you could tell they had him grow for like, when he was older, they had him grow like yeah. a goatee or like a, <laughs> you know, whatever. So that he looks older. It's like, you didn't, you already looked like an adult. Like, You've been yeah. an adult the entire yeah. movie, dude. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I haven't watched this movie in forever either. And I, like was also struck by the how differently I watched it this time. I think the first time I ever watched it, I was way more focused on the relationship because one, you have that that so like memorable scene at the very beginning with Kyla Pratt, the queen Kyla Pratt, um, where mm-hmm. you, it basically establishes like that relationship for the whole movie, right? So you have this girl who wants to play with the boys, and then they find out she's a girl, and she's like, "Yo, I can still kick your ass, even though I'm a girl. Watch, let's play." And she doesn't back down. So you like establish them really early, but you also establish those like the familial relationships, because like you said, I think the first time I watched this movie, I was just focused on Monica and Q. I was like, they're in love. They're meant to be together forever. Like, they've known each other since they were kids. Like, this is going to be, this is the movie, right? And then watching it this time, I was like, 
Oh, because you can see the dynamic between like Monica and her mom and Q. Uh, Q's mom when they like first come over to say hi like to give that like apology cake Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like the whole like that whole interaction and you can also tell that like Monica doesn't really get along with her mother and why is it because they both have completely different views of what life should and does look like you know what I mean so you establish that kind of like family dynamic super early on in the movie too and that's honestly what I kept watching this entire movie I was like so what's going on with Monica and her mom? Like, what what level do we think they're at right now? Like, we're at a 10, we're at a 2, who's to say? Yeah, I really like that. I think the reason why I think this movie was so well-written, as I said earlier, is, like, the parents have their own lives, and you get a glimpse into their lives and kind of, like, how, like, their parents' relationships influence how they interact with each other a bit. And I actually really liked how there's, like, a big gap between Quincy and his parents and Monica and her parents. It was just like, kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, oil meets water situation. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. Quincy and his parents, you know, NBA star, NBA money, ritzy life that scene in the beginning where, you know, Quincy's and his mom go over to Monica's house to give the cake. Quincy's mom was like, you know, I, this is my first time being in this house ever. I've never been in this house before. I've, I've lived here for so many years, blah, blah, blah. And she also said, yeah, I've been here for so many years back in the neighborhood. It was more mixed back then talking about how more black people are coming into the neighborhood. And I think she sees that as like a negative mm-hmm. thing. So she definitely comes from like more of like a ritzier background while Monica, you know, her dad's a banker, but her mom was like, you know, this Southern belle from Atlanta, shout out to Atlanta. Um, <laughs> he's also like a baker, like, like a homemaker who had dreams and aspirations, but never achieved them because she wanted to be a mom. And I think it was interesting to see how, like, both their parents um, raised children that also interact with each other in kind of, like, a a conflicting way, too. Yeah, because um, Monica seemed to really rebel against her mother's choices, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and not just that, but Monica was always, like, she wanted one Mm -hmm. thing and always was going for that thing and anything that got in the way of it she wasn't interested in right she wanted to be a basketball player and then it's you know toward the end she realizes that there was something else involved in that too the love part of it uh (laughs) but she just didn't want to be a homemaker the the way that her mom was (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah all's fair in love and basketball shelby okay all's fair in love and basketball Except it wasn't true at all in this movie, right? Because he, because Quincy gets a leg up on everything, yeah. right? He, you're always seeing her working so hard. He's playing in these huge stadiums mm-hmm. where she's playing in these small little like gym rooms, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and like he's getting people ask for his autographs, but she doesn't get. She goes and gets like little Spanish kids asking for mm-hmm. her autograph once she's playing literally a championship game for Barcelona um, after, after college. And he just gets like so much more. He goes straight. He like does drops out of school, goes in the Mm -hmm. NBA. Um, There's just such a gap between how women's sports are treated and how men's sports Mm -hmm. are treated. And then even in the love part, he fucks up so much. And she, all she does is goes home early one night because she has a curfew. <laughs> and 
that's like the big thing that gets held against her as being her caring more about basketball than about him. Whereas he literally invites a girl on a date. In front oh, of listen. Her. Okay, Are you wait. Serious? I, <laughs> I okay. So I wrote that down in my notes too. Like I said, and I quote his stupid ass line where he goes, uh, <laughs> "We're about to get some food. You want some?" And I wrote next to that, "Cold." Period. <laughs> that was cold. Bro was cold so with cold. that. Cold. I I just labeled that section of the movie uh, "Q's fuckboyery" uh, because that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. happened in that section. Uh, because he's, then he's yeah. like also talking to that girl what? at the party too. Like you know, it's. She's like, and then he makes yeah. her feel like she's crazy because she's like, well, what the hell was that about? Why were you talking to that girl? And he's like, oh, she was just talking, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, you know, he's like, oh, okay, well, I, I, you know, I'm going to leave. And then uh, he's like, oh, I got to go. I got curfew. Like trying to throw that in her face. I'm like, um, I will murder you if you try to pull some mm-hmm. of this shit on me. Are you kidding me right now? Right, but then at the end, she has to fight for him to come back to her. Fuck you, guy. I hope you know. I hope you know. She was so great. Like, what a great... Monica is an amazing mm-hmm. character. All the characters are great, um, but but I think Monica really shines. And it's like, yeah. At one point, her mom tells her that, that uh, Quincy can do better than Tyra Banks, who he's like literally engaged they're gonna get married in two weeks which is what a great wrong yep, trope so to have perfect in this movie a wedding that's about yep. to happen and her mom's like you know when i said he could do better i meant you and it's like yeah she is she's better than him <laughs> like she can you know but she but their love is so deep and so it's just been there so long that it's just this like known thing you know that they have to be together because of the way that relationship is like I was so touched when we see them in high school and um his parents are fighting so he crawls out of his window and crawls into her room and just wordlessly she hands him a pillow and he goes to sleep Mm -hmm. on her floor I kind of got the impression that maybe he did that a lot because it it just seems so like natural to them yeah that was really really cute I think one thing that I was also thinking about while I was watching the movie is like, you know, how hard Monica works to become like a good basketball player and how passionate she is about it. And then that kind of ends up being the reason why Quincy breaks up with her when when they're in college. And it just made me think like, you don't, he probably doesn't appreciate her love of basketball because he never had to work for it the way that she did. Mm -hmm. Like she had to work really hard to like get into USC, like the other um, girl on her team revealed to her that she's actually like, like a second pick or whatever right. so she was good but like not that great but worked really hard to get to where she is and it's like you really don't appreciate the things that you don't have to work hard for and I think that's kind of also why right. Quincy was just so was so um, I guess dismissive of her or like was so easy to let her go because Monica always came back to him she came back to him multiple yeah. times like he didn't really have to work hard for her the same way he didn't have to work hard to be good at basketball so he didn't he was ungrateful. I think, you know, I think too, ungrateful. I think at one point he mentions this in the movie that he only really played basketball because his dad was a basketball player, right? So 
you know, I, I've had a situation like that where you like idolize someone, a parent or a, some kind of caregiver, and you're like, oh my God, this person can do no wrong. I want to be exactly like them. So that's what he spent most of his adolescence doing. He was like, I got to be like my dad. I got to be like him and better than him. I got to, you know, I got to beat his records. I got to beat his scores. And then he finds out that his dad is actually human, a bad human, but a human, <laughs> right? Um, and his entire like perception of what he thought the world was completely shatters. So like, I agree that he didn't really have to work for anything, but he also never had to actually consider what he wanted. So when he had that kind of like that crisis of faith or like the, you know, what's, you know, what do I really want? He, I don't think he could stand to be with Monica because Monica had always been sure. Monica always, knew what she wanted she wanted to be a basketball player that was it that was end game for her and so he couldn't imagine that level of dedication because to him he was just trying to attain you know what his father had right so Mm -hmm. um I think you know what what I wish this movie would have because I do love this movie um what I wish it kind of would have had is shown more of that development like with him and Tyra Banks he that had it had been five years since they broke up right because it's like the last bit of the movie it had been five years since um Quincy and Monica broke up and so he's with this other woman I would have liked to see what actual because like you see him trying to recover his injury and like all this stuff but like what what was he actually trying to do to figure out what it is that he wanted because I think in the end This is just my guess, but, you know, you see Monica coming out. She's playing for the WNBA. She's, like, achieved her dream, and then you have him and the little baby on the sidelines, and they're waving hi. To me, that scene was so cute. And, like, when she turns around and you see her jersey and it says, right, hyphen McCall, which is, like, both their last names, I just wrote, aw. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) so freaking cute. But, like, you also – it's I don't know if you guys got the same impression. It's almost assumed that he never – he like gave up basketball like she went and she became the professional WNBA mm. player and he was just kind of like I'm gonna go figure something else out like it, it just seemed like he wasn't doing that anymore but he was just like there to support her so like I wish you could mm-hmm. have seen a little more of the work because I mean mm-hmm. I feel like dude he must have had so many like oh my gosh his world literally shattered with this revelation about his dad right so it's like the amount of of like mental health work that you have to do to recover from something like that is extensive. It's not just a, well, I broke up with my girlfriend. I feel better now, you know? So I just, I wish that you could see more of that and like where, but I, I, I also agree that like, he's not really the main character. I feel like it's more Monica's story anyway. Now, Sam, I have a question for you. Do you believe in love it? Love your, you. She doesn't ask me questions. So. Do you believe in love at first sight? Do I believe in love at first sight? I do not. I believe that, okay, I'm going to sound like a woo-woo, like granola girl right now, but I believe in energy and vibrations. I think you can get a feeling about people very early on. Like for me, whenever I go on a date, like I I know in the first like five minutes, if I like like the guy or not, like I know immediately. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it like first sight or whatever. And it's definitely not love, which is like a deep feeling that happens over time. But, you know, I think you can get a feel for people pretty early on. 
Yeah, for sure. You can get a sense that you're like, oh, I'm really interested in this person. I want to know them more. Or, yeah, I could never see this person again. It's not going to affect me. I'm never going to think about that. <laughs> right. Delete them from your Tinder apps, y'all. Done. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What percentage do you say? I, I'm just curious about the dating world. Like, what percentage of people do you go on dates with who you have that, like, oh, I like this person's energy. I would see them again. Oh, wow. Um, let's see. Negative. No, <laughs> Negative 100%. I would, I mean, pretty close. Um, maybe like, I can't put a percent to it, but it's very rare. It's very rare okay. that I go on a date with someone and I immediately just like take to them. I think because I'm just such a, I'm always skeptical of strangers. My mom taught me not to talk to them. Not to don't do anything take candy with them, from them. So definitely don't. Take candy. I don't. Not nothing. Not a single thing mm-hmm. from them. Not at all. No. So yeah, very rare. Well, yeah, I admire that. I think that's a lot. That shows a lot of like self respect in in being reserved with your attention. I guess. Wow, I like the way you worded that, Shelby. It makes, it makes me sound so like deep and introspective, which is not true. But thank you. I, that is true. If listeners don't, don't listen to her. <laughs> definitely true um yeah no I like I like that to be able to be like be like I uh I'm gonna hold myself close and if this person um interests me enough like if they have earned my attention then they'll get it (laughs) definitely and just for the record this is a complete 180 from who I used to be like I I've always been like the boy crazy girl. Like when I was younger, up until I like, you know, went to college and all of that, like I always was like crushing on a guy. Like I was the girl like writing a guy's name like in her notebook and like putting his last name with my name to see like how it fit. Like I was just Were always Were you the one that was super... like checking your sign compatibility? Like I'd still do that I still do that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also and also like like the um like what was that game we used to play where like you like write a bunch of guys' names down Mash. and like, you like write down like your house? Mash. Mash. We used to play yeah. Mash with a lot of guys. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think the older I've gotten, just I've become more level-headed as my estrogen just kind of levels out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I definitely go into dating now with a, a bit more, um, I don't know, reserved attention, yeah. as you put it. Have you ever had a rom-com moment? Have I ever had a rom-com? <laughs> yes, I have actually. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So this is probably the best day I've ever been on. And I think about it fondly to this day. <laughs> and if he's out there, you know who you are. Um, call me. So I went on a date with this guy once. It was our second date. We went to like go see the show and I parked my car in the valet. So after the show, we ended up getting drinks at this bar nearby and we were there till like midnight. So we go back to my car and my car is locked like in the parking lot area, like padlocked. There's chains on it. The valet guy isn't there anymore. And he parked somewhere else and he was like, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And we were looking like through the gate, like through like this chain link fence. And we see like the little key box just kind of like sitting there. 
And so what this guy did, he was like, I'm going to climb that, <laughs> climb the fence for you what? and get your keys for you. <laughs> so he climbed the fence oh and he jumped to the other side. Mind you, this guy was like 6'3", so he climbed it in like two seconds. Yeah. It took me like 10 years. <laughs> um, he, so he got to the other side. He tried to open the key box, but obviously it was locked. It wouldn't open. So he ends up jumping back over the fence and is like, do you have a spare key or whatever? So I was like, yes. So we go back to my apartment. I get my spare key. He drives me back to where my car is. And he hops the fence again. I give him the key to my car. He, he drives the, he opens the, um, like the padlock on the gate and like drives my car out for me. So he basically rescued my car for oh me. My and it was amazing. He rescued my car. Wow. It was super cute. It was super cute. And then what happened? Call like, me. did you guys never, I, now I want, I want this guy to come back. Come back. So do I. So <laughs> we went on three dates. We went on three dates, but he was out here working for a well-established media company and his contract had ended. So he went back to New York after that, Ugh. like right after oh. we met. So he's in New York right now, living up his life. You know what? Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of cold in New York, guy. You should maybe move here and then you can date my friend. <laughs> She's really cool and pretty and right. <laughs> she believes in energy and you guys had great energy. So that's all that matters. We, mm-hmm. we, we did. And also like... His dad is super hot, and I'm like, this guy's gonna age so well. Ugh. So I'm, I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking long term here. That's a good. You're oh man, you're so smart. You're <laughs> smart dating. <laughs> gotta look at the genes, man. You gotta see how those things degenerate. Because if it's good, then you're you you're gotta. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I, so- like for women, we take after our paternal grandmother so if you look at like your dad's mom that's who you're gonna look like when you get old <laughs> I think both of my grandmas were in pretty oh, good no. shape so I think I'm good they're both very small though so tiny lady I, they're very tiny I'm I don't look anything like my dad's side of the family <laughs> so this we'll doesn't see. apply to you so yeah you adopted <laughs> no but my but my grandma my grandma on my dad's side was uh, just lovely lady like wonderful person so if I end up being like her personality wise then I'm totally oh Shelby you already are a Um, wonderful person you already are cool Shelby you're already there so just don't change your personality for the next like 40 to 50 years aspire to nothing yeah. else honestly just stop <laughs> don't just make stop any trying. more goals don't <laughs> just lose your You're ambition there. just lose all the ambition that you have okay. right now all right um when i was watching this movie uh nice transition yeah. back to it i <laughs> one of my favorite scenes was between monica and her mom toward the end when monica actually comes out with her saying like you know, you never came to my games. Um, you always cared so much about doing stuff for other people and being a mom and like doing everything dad told you to do and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And her mom says something like, you know, I gave up my dreams. And in the plate, in that place, I got to help my daughters, you know, do amazing things. And that is why I did it. Like, that's what I live mm-hmm. for. And I just thought it was, she had this beautiful speech, amazingly acted mm-hmm. and delivered. And that moment between them was so touching. And it, for me, really sent the movie over the edge of like, it's not just about love and basketball. It's also about <laughs> like relationships between your parents, you know, and, and like, 
associated with parents. And I just, uh, it was so mm-hmm. good. It is so good. It's such a good movie. And I think one thing that I learned after watching this movie, so I was always kind of like, Monica keeps saying she wants to be like the first female in the NBA. And I'm like, Monica, why don't you just go to the WNBA? Like, why don't, like, what's the big deal? And I learned through this movie, the reason why like her future wanted to be in the NBA is because the WNBA wasn't founded until 1996, Mm -hmm. which is like super recent. I had no idea. So it's like for her, her end goal with basketball was to either, you know, become the first woman in the NBA, which still has not happened. It's 2020 was to go overseas and like play in like, you know, the Z league for the rest of her life or to give it up. So she didn't have like, a lot of um, future potential with basketball mm-hmm. the way that Quincy did, who like automatically got she in to play with the Lakers like right after, while he was still in, um, in college. <laughs> right. um, so the fact that she worked even harder for it and still went with it, knowing that she was probably going to dead end is, I think, a testament to her dedication and character. Yeah. Team I literally that. wrote in my notes that I for always, sure. like one of the things that I always admired about that character specifically was how driven she was. That she literally didn't let a single person not her mom, not her sister, not even the guy that she was madly in love with, dissuade her from her goal. Um, and she was willing to like put in all of that work, um, even when she felt like she wasn't good. You know what I mean? Even when she was made to feel like she was just the alternate. She wasn't even supposed to be there. You know what I mean? She just was like, whatever. And you know what? That actually leads to my favorite scene in the movie, because we're getting back to this, guys. It's the last scene in the movie. <laughs> Where Monica goes over, knocks on Quincy's little window, and is like, listen, I need to talk to you. Come outside. Um, Don't get married because I'm in love with you. Uh, (laughs) And then he's like, get out of here. He gets really upset. And she's like, fine, I'll play you for it. So they do a game of one-on-one. And they're playing for his heart. Ugh, that line. Um, So So I think the reason, so on the superficial level, the reason I always love this scene was because like, this is the, that moment, right? This is the moment where the character finally declares her love for, you know, the guy and they, there's some kind of big obstacle and then they overcome it and they end up happily ever after. But then something that I realized while I was watching it this time. So like very early on in the movie, um, whenever you see Monica playing basketball, she's very, emotional the minute she thinks that hope Mm -hmm. is lost in a game she immediately gives up you see it so many times like in her high school games even in um some of her college games until her college coach kind of like drills that out of her um and they end up winning the chance they end up winning a championship or something i can't remember um but it's because (laughs) she literally was like fuck it, we got six seconds left in this game. I'm going to try to do something. And in doing that, you know, blocks them from being able to score one last time. Um, So when I realized that, that like Monica, she has this like character arc where she's just like super single-minded, very emotional, you know, wants things the way that she wants them. And then over the course of the movie, by the end, she's fighting for Quincy because she loves him. But there's that moment because he wins the one-on-one game, right? So there's that moment where you can see she's mm-hmm. utterly devastated. But instead of reacting the way that she normally would with this like overly emotional, like, ah, you know, like I fucked up, like whatever. She literally just accepts it and starts to walk away. And then as she does that, he's like, 
all or like double or nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like this moment where they yeah. both they both kind of concede. Like they both kind of concede to the personality traits that they had when they were younger because um, Monica has shown that she has grown. Because I think even when he's arguing with her, he's like, what, you're the same old Monica. Like you, the same, you know, you want what you want or whatever. You don't even care about what anybody else thinks. Um, and I think when she accepts that she lost and like starts to walk away, that's when he realizes, no, she's actually not that person. She is, she has grown. She is like, she is the girl that I love. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's just, it's such a cute little moment when he says that and she like turns around and smiles at him and they, they kiss and hug cause they're back together. And I'm just like, poor Tyra Banks, but also no one cares about Tyra in this movie. Right. I forgot she was in this movie, if I'm being completely honest. The minute she walked into I that hospital scene, I was like, oh, my God, Tyra, I forgot. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can go, like, be- below a one-dimensional character, but she's whatever that is. She's, like, a zero-dimensional yeah. character. Like, the moment in the hospital where he's like, oh, this is my fiancé, and she's like, oh, fiancé, and literally Tyra Banks just sticks out her hand with the ring on it, and she's like... And yeah, wiggles her fingers at it. I was like, that's a cartoon of a person. That's not a real person. <laughs> I liked how Monica's mom called her the stewardess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was so funny. I did that part when she go when Monica confesses her love to Quincy and he's like, Oh, you're just you're doing this, you know, two weeks before my wedding, and you just you know, he's like calling her out on her behavior as if he didn't dump her five years ago it's like her feelings weren't in question like i just love that when he gets all defensive she literally is like okay well then why are you upset like if you don't if you don't feel this way for me she literally calls the game out and i was like yes girl tell him please (laughs) there's so much action that happens between those two windows in this movie like i think those two windows Mm -hmm. are so iconic to me just for this movie so much happened yeah why do you guys why do you guys think this is still such a like beloved movie after 20 years because as we know not all movies from the year 2000 hold up <laughs> in the same way. Um, but I feel like this movie still resonates with people. Why do you, why do you think that is? I feel like, I mean, just from our conversation, you know, the love story is why we're all watching it and talking about it. But I feel like the love story isn't as pivotal in this movie as like just the characters themselves and their interactions with, each other and like with their family and with like their drive and their circumstances. I think those are things that stand the test of time and always will. I think one other reason why this movie is so um, beloved, I think not only by women, but even in my family, there are so many men in my family who love this movie. And I think it really crosses like that, that gender line because it's not only about love, it's also about basketball. So it kind of like <laughs> talks to a few demographics, especially a demographic that usually isn't into romantic movies or romantic mm-hmm. comedies. It speaks to them too. It has that aspect of sport and, you know, of son father relationship and all that fame and glory and like, you know, getting the girl, like there's a lot that I think guys can like too. So it really appeals to a lot of people. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I agree <laughs> with that. I, yeah. Just the- I agree. It's definitely appealing to more than just a 
Because I guess, you know, romantic movies, when they're bad, they're bad in such a specific way. And that's what people think of when they think Mm -hmm. of romantic movies is like the way things are bad. And love and basketball is not bad at all. It doesn't have those kinds of things. Even, even though it has like some of the same tropes as the other movies, like, you know, cancel canceling a wedding like at the last minute or a girl rivalry like when she she's a freshman at USC and the starting point guard Sidra is like they have this kind of rivalry and they're like mean mm-hmm. to each other <laughs> even though also, they don't expect to be that actress who played Sid was so mm-hmm. gorgeous I looked her up mm-hmm. and she hasn't really done anything since Love and Basketball and I was so sad about that she she still she plays basketball she's a basketball player <laughs> isn't that amazing like she was just actually an actress and a basketball she's player so pretty like yes and i think i i love gabrielle union mm-hmm. in this movie she had the best lines oh, yeah. so gabrielle union played quincy's kind of like high school girlfriend or whatever and there's this scene where they're all like at quincy's like high school basketball game and she it was like it was like a close-up of quincy's butt yeah. And Gabrielle Union says, and I quote, look at that booty. I want to look the sweat yep. off it. She, only, I, she, she says it much sexier than I did. But I like almost turned the movie off. I was so disgusted by that line. But I stuck, I stuck with it. I stuck with it. I'm glad I finished it. But I was like, damn, Gabrielle, you are thirsty, girl. Thirsty. I wrote that down too. Because Such I was line. Like, I maybe I'm not good at sex, but is that something people do? Is that's Shelby? I went to bed last night thinking about this. Ew! I mean, I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum. Like, if you're into that, (laughs) don't call me. But I still accept you. We can still be friends. It's fine. Yeah. But I also loved her line, like when um, they were at the high school. Yes, I was gonna say this line. This is the best one. Go, keep going. This this line, okay, and you know Monica being a tomboy, like never dresses up or whatever, and they finally see Monica like in her cute dress with, with like her college date, aka my husband, aka Boris Kojo, <laughs> and Gabrielle Union's like, damn girl, I didn't know Nike made dresses, <laughs> and I was like, dude, the you see the movie lost me with like the booty sweat licking, but it brought me back with it like. You back. With, with that, that line. line. I thought that was really There funny. also is the point when that they're in the good. car um, and Monica is reading the letter that Gabrielle Union's character like wrote. Uh, like, yeah. you are so fine. Like, it's just, honestly, that moment I was like, if I had a nickel for all of my friends in like high school that wrote shit like that, like to boys, you are so fine. I want to, you know, whatever. Um, they're just, she's just, she's so funny. Like, her little one-liner, she's so sassy when she comes in. I'm like, yes, Gabrielle Union, get it. Yeah, I also love how at the dance, they were, like, bumping and grinding. I didn't know people even did that back then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I so didn't I, I know people impressed. did that back then. <laughs> oh, yeah, the soundtrack of this movie. The soundtrack is, is so yeah. good. Every song is a Just classic. Yeah. <laughs> I loved how they were playing um, I Want to Be Your Man at yeah. the dance, too. While they were dancing while with Quincy other was looking people. at her. Yeah. I was like, I see what you're doing here. I see yep, what you're doing. Yep. Also, the writer and director of this movie, I want to give her a shout out. Her name is Gina Prince by 
Haywood. I butchered her name, girl. I'm sorry, but we're still friends. <laughs> um, she wrote and directed this movie. I think produced it too, which is amazing. And I think she's black. Don't quote me on that. But she also wrote and directed um, Beyond the Lights, which is oh, an amazing yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. I love movie. Beyond the Lights. Yo, I watched that movie on a plane. I don't know if you guys always cry on planes the way I do but <laughs> whenever I watch a movie on a plane like something about the altitude just like makes my tear ducts like work extra hard I was bawling <laughs> that movie is also just really sad so. it's so sad yeah. the end where she embraced her natural mm-hmm. hair anyway I'll come back on your we'll podcast talk. for part two <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll definitely, if we do Beyond the Lights, we will have no one else but you. You've already oh, called. Thank you. Thank you. I demand. I also didn't know that this movie was produced <laughs> by Spike Lee. That. Found that out uh, this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I was like, wow. Because there was like a legit bidding war for it. And I was like, you know what? That's great. Like, right. d- keep, keep doing that. Keep doing that. At first, no one wanted to make mm-hmm. it right? Like, it wasn't an easy fight for Gina Prince-Bythewood or (laughs) everyone but your Um, It wasn't it wasn't an easy fight for her to get this movie made, you know, because it wasn't about it's just harder to get, you know, movies made about black women wanting to do things. So it's like I'm so glad that she did. And honestly, this movie is a classic now. Like, thank God (laughs) They found yeah. someone to make it because there are so many people where this this movie is like a staple in their like. Can I tell you that the when they have sex for the first time, that's how I thought sex was oh, supposed was to be. So... I was like, okay, so you uh, get naked and then it fades yeah. to black, and that's what sex is. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that scene was so cute. I love that. It scene. is, and it's. It I love really how unexpected good. it is. Like, cause she literally just like gets accepted to USC, and so she's like freaking out, and he goes to hug her, but then she goes in for the kiss, and then there's that awkward like, uh. Like, he's just like what was that about and she's like i know right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just so good it's so good and then you know there's that moment where he thinks that he's gone too far but then she's like come on and then they go and have sex and you're just like okay okay that's how that's how relationships i, li- I liked how, how how they like intentionally showed him like putting on a condom too i think that's important mm-hmm. for yeah. young boys to see that you know quincy q man lakers boy wears condoms and you should yes. keep that in your mind that's our advice yes. to you yes that's the takeaway of the podcast <laughs> wear condoms but actually sam do you have any any additional like relationship advice for our listeners? Yes, they want all advice, the advice. Relationship advice. They want the advice. Shouldn't you get advice from someone who is successful at no. what you're giving advice about? Um. <laughs> we we want to hear. We want to hear from the little people. From the you little know what? People, people who have made mistakes in, in their relationships probably have more insight than people who are just like in the perfect relationship or whatever, if that even exists. So. That's very true. Um, actually, this kind of ties back to love and basketball. I think my advice is that you cannot change people. And I think this goes back to love and basketball because in the beginning of the movie, in the end of the movie, you know, Monica and Q, like they're both older and wiser, but they're still essentially like the same people. Like Q is still like, you know, very proud and like boastful. And Monica is still very like driven. And, um, you know, like they're fundamental personalities didn't change throughout their lives. And 
I think when you're dating someone, like you have to like or love their personality as it is now, because that person's not going to change for the long run. That's my advice. That is great advice. That is great advice. I think a lot of people get sucked into the idea of like, oh, you know, well, our relationship will get a lot better just like, you know, when he gets a better job or like when she, when once we're married or something, because then she won't be bothering me about getting married or something. It's like, it's like, no, (laughs) if the person you're with isn't the person, like, isn't someone you love right now, like you can't, you're not going to wait. They're not going to like, fix whatever you think is right. wrong you know that's just not how people yeah work. you have to accept people right. for who they so are I think that's really good you have advice. to accept everything yeah. their their good parts and their bad parts if you only like their good parts then you don't really love them so so it's like half it's it's just like it's like eating the oreo without the filling it's like what it, but i'm only getting you know one bit i'm not getting the other bit too you know or the filling without the oreo i guess the filling would be technically the best part. I, I don't know. I think it's a very difficult lesson to learn mm-hmm. too. And uh, you can listen to people say it so many times, Ugh. but I think it's only like time and age and wisdom that really, really teach it to you. And yeah, Sam is a wise, so wise true. woman. I'm a wise old she crone. I'm a hundred years old. And she loves her granola <laughs> and she's very wise. <laughs> Yes, I am a wise old woman. Um, yeah. Well, you look Hi, great. That was <laughs> Thank you. you thank you. Amazing. I put on sunscreen every day. <laughs> Guys, she's 65 <laughs> and she looks like she could be in her 30s, like honestly. Oh my god. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. She look like wow. in her 20s. Well, I, if I'm aging her in, in my head, I'm 30 years old. I don't know why. In my head I'm 32. I We're think, all there. Yeah. I yeah, I mean I am actually 30, but you know. I so, <laughs> This was such a great conversation. I loved talking about this movie yeah. with you two. Um, and we'll definitely do it again if we do Beyond Oh, Light for sure. Sometime. For Thanks sure. so much for coming on, uh, Sam. There... Are you... Thank you. Thank you guys Thank for you. having me. What was me. your experience? You. Leave us a Yelp review, please. Uh... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Review. How many stars? Five stars, um... five stars. I'm knocking, I'm knocking one star off just because of that Gabrielle Union line about looking booty no, sweat. No, so that wasn't You guys get four stars. That was, that was, that was <laughs> Don't penalize You'll just have to, no, don't, don't be emotional like Monica talking to the refs about doing the wrong calls. Right. You want to be like, okay, that's fair. We'll do better next time. Oh my God. Do you know what I just realized is that in this movie, Gabrielle Union dates a basketball player. She's and in married life, one. She married yep. She did. Yeah. She manifested she did. that. <laughs> she it's not she well. did. She was like, you know what? I'm doing this for fake now, but it's going to be real one day. <laughs> it's going to be real one day. Love you, girl. <laughs> Is there anything, um, Sam, that you'd like uh, to promote with the listeners? Tell Any them where to find you. Social media. Yes, I am all over social media. You can find me Salt and Sprinkles at Salt Letter N Sprinkles. I bake a lot of stuff. It's really, really um, good. So yeah, you should look, buy all of her. Watch She's an amazing stuff. baker. Uh, y'all wish you were friends with Sam. Oh <laughs> yeah, because the benefits you get medical you get dental you get cake exactly you get baked goods on your birthday that's all that really matters on your birthday (laughs) yeah mac and cheese just like all amazing good stuff all the good stuff (laughs) sometimes when i'm bored at work i'll just 
like look at the pictures of food on her blog. Like that's, it's so good. That's true yeah. friendship, Shelby. It really is. That. Every time you go on my website, I'm sure I, I get like half of a penny from Google and oh, it great. hasn't amounted to much just yet, but when I am 65 years old, I'm sure yeah. it will. Yes. I believe in you. Thank you. Um, you're so driven. And everyone, you can find us on social media at The Rom Complex. Yeah. Or send us an email, theromcomplex at gmail.com. Send us those emails. You know, Tell us what kind of baked goods you like, and then we'll see if Sam can make them for us. You won't get any, but maybe she'll make them for us. <laughs> she'll make them I'm for down. us. Yeah. I'll do that. Send us what baked goods you want Sam to make yes. for us. That's a good It's the gift that keeps <laughs> on giving. Followers, I think. Keeps on giving you. <laughs> oh well we we did did it it. all we can leave you with aside from the information that timothy chalamet is not french is to keep falling in love with yourself bye bye